Hello, Sid Roth here. Welcome. Welcome to my world, where it's naturally supernatural. My guest so provokes me to jealousy. He had a season with Jesus in which he could ask any question he wanted. How would you like to do that? And get answers. Then he goes to heaven for eight hours and comes back with a message from heaven that I tell you is going to change your destiny forever. Is there a supernatural dimension? A world beyond the one we know? Is there life after death? Do angels exist? Can our dreams contain messages from heaven? Can we tap into ancient secrets of the supernatural? Are healing miracles real? Sid Roth has spent over 35 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural. You know, Rick, this is such a beautiful garden. It's like heaven, except you've been there. I haven't. What's the difference? It's very beautiful. I agree. But it's not heaven. Heaven, there is no comparison. I mean, this is a reflection. The whole physical universe is but a shadow compared to heaven. But this gives us a little foretaste. I, I, I feel something when I'm in such a beautiful environment. I can only imagine what heaven would be like. Now, you went on a 900-mile motorcycle ride uh, for a family vacation and to write a book. Uh, what was that like? Well, I've never ridden a motorcycle more than 300 miles in a day. I, and that was when I was younger. I heard a clear word from the Lord to do it. I would have never considered such a thing. So I'm thinking I'm going to take a week to get down there. And my knees were bad. My, uh, there were storms on the route. And, uh, but I heard him say go, so I'm determined to be obedient. And he healed my knees. <laughs> the storms were wonderful. It was, like, it was much better than that Florida heat. I, I started looking for storms to go through. They were so refreshing. Well, you were telling me <laughs> that you felt the presence of God um, right behind you on the motorcycle. I might even get on a motorcycle if I could do that. It was, you know, uh, I love motorcycles and riding. This is the best ride of my life because of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. But I'd never had an encounter with him quite like this one. So personal, so him wanting to talk about the things he wanted to talk with me about. And it was a whole new open door into a whole new relationship with the Lord. And that's why he wanted me on that motorcycle. Well, no cell phones, nothing else can disturb me. You were going to write a book for God. What did he tell you? Well, he said, labor's cheap. He didn't get anybody to write books. He said, but friends are expensive. And he wanted friendship. You know, did you hear that? God wants friendship. God wants your friendship. So how do you relate to God being from a servant to a friend? That, that's a big jump, Rick. It's a huge jump. And I, I confess to being as awkward as I possibly could imagine. And uh, 
you know, my whole approach to God had been one as a servant. Give me orders. Tell me what to do. I want to obey. And, and all this is good. But he wanted a friend he could converse with, discuss things with. And he wanted me to share my concerns. He wanted me to share my questions. He wanted me to, he wanted interchange. And, you know, this is really what he created man for. He wanted fellowship. And, and yet, you told me you felt extremely awkward. Why? Unbelievable. Because I'd only related to him as the king. Give me orders as your servant or as a good soldier. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. And that had been my whole approach to God. And I believe what led to this was months ago, beginning to pray, my relationship to him, I felt was becoming dry and, and you know, mechanical. And, and I asked him to help me. I said, Lord, I want you to be my first love. I want you to be my first thought in the morning. And this is when this whole encounter began. And uh, But he said I could never have been his friend if I hadn't learned to be a servant. And he said he was going to have to deliver me from my slave mentality to be a friend. But he said you couldn't have gotten here without that slave mentality. It's like I wonder if that's why Israel had to be become slaves before they could become his friends. I think there is a sense where we really have to know him as almighty God, as the awesome creator, you know, as the foundation of our relationship to him. And yet he's looking for friends. And even more than that, he's looking for sons and daughters. But, you know, it blows my mind. I, I can see us humans looking for friends. It's hard for me to fathom God. Would you say he's desperate for this friendship? He said he didn't have many friends. And that's what shocked me. Okay, I understand why you're a friend. You paid the price. You did all those things. You had the servant mentality. You get promoted. But what, what, what about every believer? I mean, are we Swiss cheese? <laughs> no, no. Of course, I, and I don't know why he said that, you know, to his disciples. He, there was a point where he says, I no longer call you servants, but now I call you friends. There was something that was a promotion. By the way, they got that promotion much faster than I did. I've been a servant for 40 years, and I don't even think a very good one. I would say, you know, I'm trying my best, but this isn't that great. And, but he grades on a curve, thank the Lord, you know. He, so, so you're saying anyone can be where you're at and go further? Are you, are, is that what you're saying? Yeah, and I think they could do it much faster, much better. I don't want them to. I want to be the best friend God's ever had, you know, but uh, I say I don't want him to. I, he deserves the best we could have. I want him to have great friends. Okay, yeah. so what is a friend? What, what is being a friend to God? I mean, no, I know what a friend is. I can be your friend. Yeah. I understand that. How do you become God's friend? Well, I've got a lot of employees, as you do. Right. And, but there's some that make that jump and they become your friend. Right. You go out to lunch with them. You go to the beach with them or families. Vac- there's, there's a whole different. And you relate to your friends differently than you do just employees. And I think there's something of that intimacy where we... We really love the same things. We do the same things. You just want to be together. This isn't about being on the job and getting a paycheck. You just want to be together and have that fellowship. And, 
you know, it's sometimes struggling with it. I call, consider myself a very baby friend right now. I'm just starting this new journey of understanding how to be a friend with the Lord. Well, I want you to come on this adventure. I'm coming on this adventure, and if I'm coming, you're coming. We're going to get God so many friends, but it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with Rick. When we come back, I want to find out how you go swimming with Jesus. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural! My passion is for you to walk in divine health 24-7. That's why I handpicked my favorite healing scriptures from many translations of the Bible, personalized them for you, and made them available in this free ebook. I want you to meditate or pray out loud these scriptures over your life daily and witness the supernatural healing power of God's kingdom come upon you. Download your free Healing Scriptures ebook now. We now return to It's Supernatural. Now, Rick, as I said, is provoking me to jealousy. He's on this motorcycle going 900 traveling 900 miles, and God speaks to him. How clear did God speak to you? Well, it was as loud and clear every, I mean, I could fully hear and understand every word. I mean, it was, was it as clear, what, was it like I'm speaking to you right, right now? It wasn't outside audible, it was inside audible. That's the only way I can All right, but as describe. audible as me right As now. clear as you're talking now, I could understand him. And, and you know, you know what Rick said to me. I, you know, when it happened, I I couldn't even come up with questions. I, I was in such a state of shock. But now I have a ton of questions. I yeah. wish wish I would have asked. But tell me one question you asked. Well, I asked stupid questions like, Lord, what do you think of sports? Do you care about us? <laughs> That is a stupid question. (laughs) I would like to know some other things. (laughs) I I would too. And now that I'm just trying trying to do this, but I did. I you know. So what does he think of sports? It's not that stupid. (laughs) Well, a lot of his answers weren't direct answers. He said, "I love the things that you love." He said, "I only wish that you would do them with me, instead of apart with me." It's like doing things with the Lord. You know, just being cognizant of His presence of him being there and being in fellowship with him and and that's what I felt but I he seemed to be fine with sports you know it and and then you told me you go swimming with him what what does that mean to you well every day when I'm on our vacation I try to swim an hour or two a lot of times I'm out there there are porpoises around I'll swim out to the porpoises or you know, do different things. But I went out there and I could tell the Lord, is His presence was so real. I just couldn't stop focusing on Him and talking to Him. And and that's what He said. That's what this whole vacation was about. I was planning to write a book. He said, forget the book. I didn't get anybody to write books. He's looking for friends. He wanted to be with me. But when you say you were conversing with Him, do you see Him? No, not not with these eyes, but with the eyes of the heart. I don't know if he was in the water swimming with me or if he was walking on the water next to me. I don't know. But his presence was so real. You know, um, there there was a brother 
Lawrence. And uh, he was a monk in a monastery. His job, dishwasher. But he had what Rick is describing, that I know he did, and people of the highest levels of government and authority would make appointments to see him because the presence of God wasn't just in him, it radiated out of him. I mean, this is a dishwasher and everyone wanted to talk to this man. Uh, did you ask God about Brother Lawrence? I did. Because that's that what was I'm a thinking. good one. <laughs> that's what I thought. That was a good one. And he said he loved washing dishes with Brother Lawrence. They had must have had a really special okay, relationship. Help me out. Your brother Lawrence, you're washing the dishes. Tell me what you think Brother Lawrence was doing in his relationship with Jesus. I think, you know, washing dishes is a pretty nominal menial task. You can probably think about anything, world events, whatever. Maybe he was conversing about those. But I think one thing he did, he washed the dishes as if Jesus was going to eat off of them. Because he said, as you do unto the least of his little ones, you've done it to him. And I think he may have been praying for the people who would eat off of him, may have been talking to the Lord about those people. Just, you know, but it was, he did everything, I believe, with the Lord or tried to, you know, cognizant of his presence here. And he's but, with us all the time. I've been trying to do this. And I'm ashamed to say, I forget. Does that happen to you? All the time. Today, I'm constantly, I mean, I felt like this summer, I had the closest relationship to the Lord I've ever had by far. I've never had anything like this as far as an intimate, personal relationship and can come and to this day, you know, to now still go half a day sometimes without thinking I'm so busy and doing stuff and I'm working this a process and I want to do that. I want to get to that place, but I'm just starting. Well, you, you and I had lunch the other day and you said, Sid, I'd like to have competition with you. I have an idea. You're a very competitive guy. <laughs> it helps and, drive me on. And, and I think that's, that, that there, there's something good about that. I think you have to find a friend that want, has a hunger to be God's friend as much as you do and challenge each other. Because as far as I'm concerned, I, I, I don't know at this moment in my life a higher goal than to be a friend of God right now. But you even said that once you become a friend, you can go even higher. That's what he said. He said, friends are expensive. You've got to invest in a friendship. You've really got to give yourself to it. But he said, sons are priceless. And I knew, I felt this is what Paul the Apostle was talking about in Philippians 3, when near the end of his life, he's writing this letter, and he says, I don't think I've yet attained. He wasn't talking about salvation or eternal life. He had that the day he believed in the atonement of the cross. He talks about the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Near the end of his life, maybe the I consider certainly one of the greatest men of God of all time, he's saying, I don't consider I've yet attained this, but I am pressing on towards this mark of the high calling of God. Okay, if Rick provoked me to jealousy on this conversation he had with God, how much more when after that he went to heaven for eight hours 
I want to find out what he saw, what he heard, what he learned. We'll be right back. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural. Call now and get Rick Joyner's five-part audio CD teaching, Wanted, A Friend for God, Reward, Key to Eternal Life, plus this exclusive edition of the book, The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9276. Through this five-part audio CD revelation, Rick Joyner shares the keys from heaven that he has been given. Understand what it means to first become a servant of God, demonstrating the supernatural kingdom of God to others. Then the secret of becoming God's best friend, where you can talk with Him, share your innermost thoughts, and receive answers that reap tangible results. And finally, you will learn how to be a son or daughter of the Most High God. Sid says, as you listen to Rick teach, the anointing for intimacy with God will jump on you. Rick Joyner also reveals prophetic events, imminent danger about to happen in America and the world. Hear him share about his experience in heaven, where he saw the city of God, New Jerusalem, ready to descend on planet Earth. Plus, when you call, you will also receive this exclusive edition of Brother Lawrence's anointed book, The Practice of the Presence of God. Brother Lawrence was a humble dishwasher and man of God, which even men of wealth and great power sought to know. Through this book, you will clearly understand the ancient keys to walking in God's supernatural presence every moment of your day. Brother Lawrence writes, The most holy and necessary practice in our spiritual life is the presence of God. Don't miss out on getting Rick Joyner's five-part audio CD teaching, Wanted, A Friend for God, Reward, Key to Eternal Joy, plus this special exclusive edition of the book, The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9276. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9276 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We now return to It's Supernatural. Rick was in heaven for eight hours, and I recently asked him, what were the two most profound things from this trip to heaven uh, that you were told? Tell me about uh, when, he, when the Lord said to you, you had the key of joy. What did that mean? Well, he said that I had used the key to eternal joy to have that experience. And so what is it? <laughs> That's what I said. I said, Lord... <laughs> What did I do? What key? Yeah. And he said, when I set my heart to do the things that would bring him joy, that brought him pleasure, instead of just seeking my own pleasure, my own joy, he said, that is the key to eternal joy because it is the joy of the Lord, not our joy, that is our strength. And so the paradigm is all wrong for most believers. Most believers are after their joy and it's a paradox. When you go, if I'm understanding you right, Rick, when you go after God's joy, what is going to make him joyful, you end up with more joy than if you were going after your joy. Is that what you're exactly. saying? It says we were created for his pleasure. So I did, a, I did study, research, what are the things that bring God joy? And I set my heart to do these things every day as much as I can. I'm going to, today, I'm going to bring the Lord joy. And when I set about to do that, 
that uh, somehow that was a key. But he said it was a key every believer has, and we can use it every day. But it's mostly focusing on him, bringing him pleasure, bringing him joy. It is the joy of the Lord that is our strength. Give me two practical things that you might do to bring him joy. Well, it says the prayer of the upright is his delight. So I've tried to fulfill or obey the take every thought captive, turn my vain imaginations into intercession, to prayer, use my mind for him and my thoughts for him and, and to pray continually as we're, and I set about to do that. I'm a long ways from getting that done, but, and then it talks about, you know, when one sinner repents, it brings joy to all of heaven. And I think, you know, to lead people to the Lord, this is something, you know, we have got to be fundamentally devoted to. Well, you had another profound experience in heaven, which is almost unbelievable to me. Tell me about that. I've had experiences in heaven before, but this one was much greater than any one I've had before. It's a better place. And then he let me experience it alone. And it was like, it's, this isn't heaven anymore. It's not even fun, <laughs> you know. And heaven, I think a profound part of this whole revelation was how important Kenania fellowship is that we've got to have with God and with one another, that without this, even heaven wouldn't be heaven, without him and without one another. I believe God created Adam to need him more than anything else, but to need other people too. We, need, we have to have this Kenania fellowship that we're called to, which is supposed to be the foundation of church life. Our basic job description as a human being is to love God. I think if we set our heart, this can be the main thing I'm going to do with my life. And this is going to be the main thing that determines whether we're successful or not. How much do we love God? And then love one another. And the manifestation of these two things, I think is, you know, is going to bring heaven to earth. And that's what he showed me at the end of this whole experience. And so I, you've got to bring heaven to earth. I think that's our basic calling. But you know what? I'm reminded the Messiah said that if you do these two things, you fulfill all of the law. And what were the two things? Love God with all of your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. It's so simple. You need help to get confused, Rick. (laughs) It is. And we're told not to be beguiled from the simplicity of devotion to Christ. I recently heard uh, a tape of an encounter you had with God that showed what the big problem about ready to hit America is. It was terrorism. Explain what he told you. Well, in this dream, I saw the the worst evil imaginable. It was worse than ISIS, if you could imagine that, more cruel. I mean, how can you get more cruel than cutting off someone's head? I'm serious. How can you be more cruel? To come up with the most diabolical ways to inflict pain and to drag it out, I saw them torturing people, children, little children, in ways that were just absolutely, were, I mean, it's like demons. It was more than demonic. And uh, it was so bad that there were terrorists in these groups from Al-Qaeda and ISIS, I believe others. They were shocked by the cruelty that I saw coming across our southern border. I think it was rooted in an ancient evil witchcraft 
It may have come out of the Mayan Empire or something. It was something like that. It came up like out of the bowels of hell, worse than anything you could imagine. And it was coming as an onslaught across our U.S. southern border and was just, you know. What so they, they were, were coming to... in like the illegals are streaming in. They just came right along with them. It was like an army from hell. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, this was the kind of thing that I had never imagined before. I'd never seen. I studied the, the tortures from the Middle Ages and things like that, what were done to Christians, the persecutions. But this seemed to be worse. This seemed like hell had saved everything of it, the most evil, the most demonic for the very end. And it was being released against America. Is there a way of stopping this? Absolutely. How? Absolutely. First thing, I think, this we're getting hit by many things like Ebola and all this other stuff because the hedge has been removed. Because, Why? Because we've turned from God. You know, and there are certain things in Scripture that make it clear. You do these things, He will protect you. You turn from Him, and we're... we're have to fiend for ourselves. And that's not good in this present evil world. We've got to understand, we're, we're dealing with something, a, an intelligence and an evil mentality that's far beyond human evil. You know, we're not warring against flesh and blood. This is way worse than that. And one encouraging thing for hell to be so intent on attacking America this way, we must have a destiny. We must have a destiny and purpose. That's why hell's been so intent on destroying the Jewish people, because he knows their it's destiny. A destiny. He knows their destiny. So that is the encouraging thing. But also, you know, uh, one of the things that we're going to have to have, we're going to have to revisit deliverance and a lot of things a lot of people are no longer doing. We're going to have to really understand our authority in Christ over the demonic and over the demonic realm. We also, you know, this should provoke us all. We're told in 2 Corinthians 3 that the glory we're supposed to be experiencing in the new covenant is supposed to be greater than what Moses experienced. And and that glory on his face, if you remember, he had to have a veil because it was so bright people would need sunglasses. Yeah. And he's saying we're supposed to be experiencing more than that. We have a better covenant. Now, you know, I think, you know, Moses had that because he spent so much time in the presence of the Lord, wanted to know him, wanted to know his ways. And and uh, I think that's the first answer to stopping the demonic, to stopping the terrorism, the evil and everything else. We've got to love God. We've got to seek for God. We've got to seek for that personal relationship with him. Because when we have true spiritual authority to the degree that we're biding in the king. So we've got to, I mean, the answer to all this that is happening in the world today is loving God, loving him so much, getting so close to him. He gives us his authority over these things. We have his authority in him. But also, as we're told in Isaiah 60, when darkness covering the earth and deep darkness, the people, his glory is going to appear and his glory is going to appear on his people. Well, you know what you're reminding me of? I have a friend that as a young man was to play the organ for Branham. And he got together with Branham, had lunch just before he died. And Branham said, God's going to take me. And he said to Branham, 
You're relatively young. You see miracles all, all the time. He says, no, no, you don't understand. You see, there is coming a move of God's glory. I fulfilled what I was supposed to do. They'll come, uh, there was the miracle ministries of people like Allen and Branham and Cole. They fulfilled it. But he said the next will be a teaching movement. This is what he prophesied. And then right after the teaching movement, there will be an explosion of exactly what Rick Joyner just said. There will be so much glory on believers that they'll go into hospitals and clear them out. This is the part that I love the best. He said that when you turn on the 6 p.m. news, they're not going to be talking about who struck John in politics. Like they, you know? They're going to be talking about miracles and resurrections and body parts growing out. I, I believe that we are rushing to that day right now. So that all this other junk, what I'm hearing you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, if the glory gets strong enough on the church, that evil can't stand in the glory's presence. No, you know, light is more powerful than darkness. You turn your lights on at night and open the shades, darkness doesn't come into the room, light goes out. Light overwhelms. And you know, we're told that perfect love casts out fear. And the main thing the devil's trying to impose on the whole world is fear through terrorism and all these evil things. Perfect love, and perfect love can only be in relationship to God and flow from us. And I believe you're going to see in these times where fear is growing so that men's hearts are failing them. That's already happening. You're going to see perfect love coming up at the same time that is totally without fear. You're going to see people walking in that peace of God that goes beyond any human understanding. When the whole world is terrified, they're going to have total peace and joy. That's the kingdom of God. It's righteousness peace, and joy. So the kingdom is coming at the same time. But all of this is meant, I think, just like the plagues that were brought upon Egypt to set God's people free, God is allowing many things to come upon the world to set his own people free, to set us free of our, you know, our attachments to temporal things. We should be so addicted to God if we don't have an encounter with God by 10 o'clock each morning, we should get the shakes. We, we should be that, that sounds, addicted that to God. That sounds good to me. <laughs> now, Rick, yeah. you must tell me about your, uh, in heaven, about the mall. But there's a story before that. Well, the story before, I was with my father-in-law one time, who was a, a district manager for JCPenney, and he chose which malls they were going to put their stores in. And 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 I was walking through a mall with him and the, the manager of the mall. It was a large, large uh, shopping mall. And we walked by a store that had closed, gone out of business, a little store. And my father-in-law was provoked by that. And he actually chided the manager. He said, how did you let this happen? How did you let somebody go out of business? And uh, I later asked him, I said, you know. What that should be better for him if he <laughs> yeah, went out of business. You're J.C. Penney. You're one of the four major anchor stores. And he said, listen, we learned a long time ago that we create traffic for each other. He said, I would not put a store in any mall that didn't have a Belks and didn't he named all the other anchor stores. We go in there together because we create traffic for each other. We bless each other. And he said, all the little stores create traffic for 
us and we create traffic for them. We need each other. And he said, yes, I never want to see a store go out of business, a little one. And I was provoked by that. And I, I just felt, what if the church had that mentality? The big anchor stores, the big anchor churches, all the mega churches so cared for all the little churches and ministries, they wouldn't let them go out of business. They wouldn't let them fail. They, what would happen if, if the little ones loved the big ones, the big ones loved the little ones, we all loved each other and all saw that our own prosperity comes by seeing one another prosper. Now, now I've always heard yeah. that sort of thing will happen when there's persecution. But we don't need persecution for it to be normal. Uh, normal is defined by the Bible. Uh, I heard something about Rick Joyner. I went to one of his congregations, and I have to tell you, it was hard for me to believe this, Rick. I'll tell you what happened. He takes and he tells his congregation in the summer, we're going to take an entire month off, and I want you to go to other churches. I mean, most pastors would have a heart attack over that. <laughs> How could you do that? Well, you know, the high priest in the Old Testament carried the stones of all the tribes on his heart. And I don't believe we can walk in our high calling in Christ without carrying all of God's people on our heart. I said, we're one tiny little part of the body of Christ here. We got to have a vision for the whole body. I said, these are our brothers, our sisters. We may have our own tribe, but we're all one nation. So I want all of our people to have a vision for what God's doing throughout the whole body of Christ. And I want the Holy Spirit free to move anybody, any of the people in our church, anywhere he needs them. It's, these are not my people. I'm trying to equip them to do their work wherever that is. And to me, if they go, it's all one church. It's all one body. And the Lord looks down the city. He only sees one church. He didn't see many. What, what about all of these doctrinal differences short of who Jesus is and, and what he did for us? Short of that, is there anything worth breaking fellowship over? No. No. I think, I think there are, there are doctrines of demons we got to right. protect people from their things like no, that. No, but I mean, if someone speaks in tongues and someone else doesn't no. speak in tongues, I mean, I'm talking about things like that. To me, if they, uh, if they embrace the cross as the atonement and the only way to reconciliation to the Father, I can have fellowship over the other things. I know people who don't believe there's a real hell. I said, well, you don't have to believe in hell to be saved. I think you're stupid. I know people don't believe there's a real devil. I think it's stupid. I think it's contrary to Scripture. But I'm not going to divide from anyone over any of those things. I may say, you can't teach this in our church, which I have said. Can't teach this here because I think it's error. But if you, you really, but you're erring on love. That's what I hear you saying. You want to err if you err on the side of love and grace. I'll tell you what. I want you to pray whatever God shows you for an, a heaven impartation to jumpstart our friendship with God and our walking the love walk. Would you pray that right yes. now? Lord, I pray for everyone watching, everyone who hears this. Lord, I ask that the, the greatest devotion, the greatest accomplishment we could ever have would be what we fasten our attention, our focus, and our life on, that is loving you above all things, that we could then love one another the way we're supposed to. And Lord, I ask you to make us contagious with that. 
I, may, I ask you to make us so contagious with the love of God that everyone we come in contact with would catch it and they could never be cured. In Jesus' name, I pray this prayer. Amen. When you walk in God's love, according to the New Testament, you're walking in God. When you're dwelling in His love, you're dwelling in God. So I challenge you. I challenge myself. Become a friend of God. The first step to be a friend is to get rid of anything separating you from Him that's called sin. Believe that Jesus died in your place and He remembers your sin no more when you repent to them. And then ask Him to dwell inside of you and be your Lord. Welcome to the family. Rick Joyner had two recent supernatural experiences with God, one in heaven and the other during a 900-mile motorcycle ride where God removed the veil from Rick Joyner's eyes to see the future judgment of America. But it does not have to be your future. Let Rick Joyner mentor you in the greatest quest of your life, intimacy with God. Call now and get Rick Joyner's five-part audio CD teaching, Wanted, A Friend for God, Reward, Key to Eternal Life, plus this exclusive edition of the book, The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9276. Through this five-part audio CD revelation, Rick Joyner shares the keys from heaven that he has been given. Understand what it means to first become a servant of God, demonstrating the supernatural kingdom of God to others. Then the secret of becoming God's best friend, where you can talk with Him, share your innermost thoughts, and receive answers that reap tangible results. And finally, you will learn how to be a son or daughter of the Most High God, where Rick says you will obtain a blank check from heaven. God also gave Rick the key to eternal joy, and he shares how this will open doors of blessing for you and your loved ones. Sid says, as you listen to Rick teach, the anointing for intimacy with God will jump on you. Rick Joyner also reveals prophetic events, imminent danger about to happen in America and the world. Hear him share about his experience in heaven, where he saw the city of God, New Jerusalem, ready to descend on planet Earth. Plus, when you call, you will also receive this exclusive edition of Brother Lawrence's anointed book, The Practice of the Presence of God. Brother Lawrence was a humble dishwasher and man of God, which even men of wealth and great power sought to know. Through this book, you will clearly understand the ancient keys to walking in God's supernatural presence every moment of your day. Brother Lawrence writes, The most holy and necessary practice in our spiritual life is the presence of God. We must try and converse with God in little ways while we do our work, not in memorized prayer, not trying to recite previously formed thoughts. Rather, we should purely and simply reveal our hearts as the words come to us. And whatever Brother Lawrence learned, whatever Rick Joyner learned, whatever I have learned, I want you to go further. I want you to get these materials and become a friend of God. Don't miss out on getting Rick Joyner's five-part audio CD teaching, Wanted, A Friend for God, Reward, Key to Eternal Joy, plus this special exclusive edition of the book, The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9276. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 282.
9278. Please specify offer number 9276 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Next week on It's Supernatural. I had the privilege of meeting a woman by the name of Catherine Coleman. There was a young man just recently saved. He saw something in her he'd never seen before. He saw such intimacy with God, with the Holy Spirit. He wanted it desperately, and he got it. And he says that he has learned secrets that everyone can have that same relationship with the Spirit of the living God that Miss Catherine Coleman had. Your gifts to this ministry will help Sid air It's Supernatural in Israel 28 times a week and distribute his evangelistic book to the Jewish people worldwide.